0: Okay, we are doing now the Homish portion of Thursday, and we are toward the end of the second plague. Each plague took a month. There were three weeks of warning of the impending plague, and then an entire week, seven days of the plague. And then Pharaoh doesn't let them out, so we go through the whole process again. This, of course, happened for ten times. So this first plague was blood, that all the waters turned to blood, and the second was the frogs. And now we're at the end of this week and now Moshe, Moses, is acquiescing and going to pray to God and the frogs will be removed. So Moses had said to Pharaoh yesterday, when do you want me to pray for you to remove these frogs? And Pharaoh said, for tomorrow. And he said, fine, whatever you say. Well, again, obviously God had the right, for whatever his reasons of thinking for tomorrow, this obviously is juxtaposed with God's perspective on each plague lasting exactly seven days. So continuing today, this is now what Moses is saying to Pharaoh, the frogs will depart from you and your houses and from your servants and your people only in the river shall they remain. Next verse, Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh's presence. Moses cried out to God concerning the frog that he had inflicted upon Pharaoh. And Rashi explained that immediately once he left Pharaoh, he prayed to God for the frog to be removed, as Pharaoh said, tomorrow. Verse, next verse, God carried out the word of Moses and the frog and died from the houses, from the courtyard, and from the fields. They heaped them up into many piles. The land sank from this smell, this knocks to a smell of all these dead frogs. So the piles, Rashi says, are heaps and heaps, mounds and mounds of all these dead frogs. Pharaoh thought that they had been a relief and kept hardening his heart. He did not listen to them as God had spoken. The Rashi explains that the construction of this verb here, of hardening his heart, is in the po form which means an expression of ongoing activity. It's not like he hardened his heart and then we move on. And he, he relaxed his heart. No, he had to keep hardening his heart because obviously if he stopped hardening his heart, he'd be like, am I crazy? I'm fighting with God. He already turned my water into blood. He already sent this horrific plague, a frog. What, what, what am I thinking? No, he kept hardening his heart. He did not want to let them out. Just as God said, because that was what originally God told Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you. God said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the land. It shall become life throughout the land of Egypt. So Rashi questions, why do we see in this plague, unlike the others, it's initiated by Aaron, not Moses? And the reason is because the soil is being hit, and from the soil is coming this plague of life. And the soil had helped Moses, because when Moses had killed the Egyptian many, many years earlier before he had been forced to flee from Egypt, he says he hid the Egyptian, he hid the dead body in the sand. So since the sand protected him so many years ago, it could not be stricken by him, so it was stricken by Aaron. So they did. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the land, and the life infestation was on man and beast. All the dust of the land became life throughout the land of Egypt. The sorcerers did so with their incantations to draw forth the life, but they could not. And the life incantation was on man and on beasts. Meaning so we have here Bati Kinim, life incantation was this creeping mass of life. And the sorcerers tried trying to draw forth the life to create them from some other place. Because in other words, Aaron struck the earth through so all this life, this attacking hordes of lights are all coming from the earth. So the sorcerers have to find some other place from which to create light, but they can't. Why couldn't they? Because the evil forces doesn't have power on a creature smaller than a grain of barley. And the lights are smaller than a grain of barley. So in other words, when they had the first play if we could go back to when Moses first tried to impress Pharaoh with his godly signs of the staff that turns into a snake and was like, yeah, I could do it too. He showed all of his sorcerers that the powers of Eula are doing the same thing. God has the water's turns to blood. I can do that too. God brings forth the frogs. I can do that too. God brings forth the light. Suddenly we can't do it. It's too small. Hmm. This is not sorcery. So the sorcerer said to Pharaoh, it is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart became hardened and he did not heed them as God had spoken. Meaning, until then, maybe the sorcerers at least thought, well, maybe Moses is just an awesome sorcerer, even better than all of us. Moses and Aaron together, boy, they blow us away. But they're like, no, this isn't Moses, this isn't Aaron, this isn't a sorcerer. Only God can produce this life. So they said, Rashi comments, it's a finger of God, meaning this doesn't come from witchcraft. But Pharaoh still didn't listen, and God had spoken. That's what God said to them. Pharaoh will not listen to you. So God said to Moses, Arise early in the morning and station yourself before Pharaoh. Behold, he goes out to the water. And you shall say to him, So said God, Send out my people that they may serve me. For if you do not send out my people, behold, I shall incite against you, your servants, your people, and your houses, the mixture of wild beasts. And the house of Egypt shall be filled with the mixture of wild beasts and even the ground upon which they are. So now he's going early in the morning because Pharaoh claimed he was a god, and therefore he would go early in the morning to do his physical needs when we should see him because that would sort of ruin the god image. So now we're warning you against this next plague after the light. The next plague was this mixture of animals. All sorts of harmful animals and snakes and scorpions and this whole disordered assortment were destroying the Egyptians. And Rashi now quotes a piece of Agatha that explains why are the plagues following this order? Well, God is coming against the Egyptians like the tactics of the wars of humans. In order for one kingdom to lay siege on another, first they cut off the water supply. That was like the blood. Then they sound and blow the chauffeurs to make everyone terrified. That was like the frog, etc. in the Midrash. That's as far as Rashi quotes. The Midrash goes on to explain, then there's a hail of arrows. That's like the light that entered the bodies of the Egyptians like arrows. Then foreign mercenaries are sent against them. That's like this mixture of wild beasts that attacked and killed Egyptians. Then we have pestilence, like the seizing the captives. Then we try to burn them out. That's the boil. Then we try capulet stones. That's the hail. Then we have the attack of a large army. That's the locust. And if he still doesn't surrender, we put them in prisons. That's the darkness. If they're still not vanquished, we kill their leaders. That's the firstborn. Now why does Rashi quote for us this Midrash now? you think either he'd say at the very beginning or at the very end, right now in the middle. But the point is, some could wonder, this is the first plague where we see directly killing Egyptians, meaning the blood didn't kill them. They just ended up spending a lot of money and buying water from the Jews. It was very uncomfortable, but it didn't kill them. The frogs was very uncomfortable, but didn't kill them. It is the lice, of course. But with the wild animals, Egyptians were killed. But then after that, we have other plagues where, again, the Egyptians are not killed. So it seems like, well, pestilence and doesn't kill Egyptians. So what's the order here? Why are we killing them now? We didn't kill them before. We're not killing them again. I'm like, what's the strategy here? So that's why at this point we can question it. That's why Rashi here explains. Last verse. And on that day I shall distinguish the land of Goshen, upon which my people stand, and that's where the Jews lived, that there shall be no mixture of wild beasts there, that you'll know that I am God in the midst of the land. So I shall distinguish means I'm going to set apart. In other words, here we have animals, and they're just, roaming the land, but they don't step foot in Goshen. Because you should know that I got it in the midst of the land. My, my presence is in the heavens, but my decree is upheld in the lower realm. So therefore, even in the midst of the earth, I am controlling. And that is a portion of Chumash of today.